Hi, and you're very welcome back to the fourth episode of the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. I'm Breffney Early, and as always, joined by Stephanie Roach of Piemont United. Stephanie, uh, it's been an interesting week for you. You've had two preseason games. Think games just coming hot and heavy for Piemont United at the moment. What can you tell us about these games? Because you've been very tight-lipped about the game so far. I'm not meaning to be tight-lipped. I'm kind of just, it's preseason. Oh, I don't know. The results really matter in preseason. Obviously, you want to win every game you play, but I think it's about getting your team in order for the season. And the most important game for us is Wexford. Um, yeah, we had two games. Obviously, it was St. Patrick's Day on Wednesday, so we played Galway and Eamon DC Park on on Wednesday, and we played Bowes on Saturday. So two very very tough games, and the perfect preparation for our game against Wexford. I think so. Just can't wait to get going now. To be honest. Yeah, there's loads to talk about on today's show. We're going to be joined by two guests. We're going to be rounding off our coverage of each of the teams in the league with Neve Kenna of Bohemians and also Chloe Singleton of Galway Women's FC. We'll be finishing off, almost finishing off, the teams in the league because, of course, there's one team we haven't really talked that much about specifically, and that is, of course, Piedmont United. Primarily because you've been here, Stephanie. We haven't really had to go too far without a P-Mount reference been thrown in there. But maybe let's start with P-Mount uh, and I suppose how things are going for the double champions league and cup winners last year. It's been a an interesting off-season. Very few new arrivals to Green Oak. A couple of uh, promotions from the underage ranks. A couple of girls coming back from injury maybe. But, but no outside arrivals, no transfers into the club. Yeah, look, it's it's been a good preseason for us. As you mentioned, we haven't really brought in new players as such. Um, I think the likes of Tegan Ruddy and Dora Gorman, who were just coming back from injury, played a couple of games towards the end of last season. Two very good players who have really are the star top fitness now coming into this season. They're basically like two new signings, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Chloe Smullen and uh, Orla Fitzpatrick coming up from the 19s as well. Two very good, talented players. And I think last season we kind of had a couple of players come up as well, Gala Doherty and, and Becky Watkins, who who played kind of small roles throughout the season. But I think you'll see them maybe stepping up to the mark this season and playing a little bit uh, more minutes and getting involved a bit more. So I think, yeah, we haven't brought in a lot of new players, but I think the squad that we do have is is really good. We've got a mixture of different types of players that can play in every game. So it's going to be an exciting season. And as I said, uh, an important season for the young players who have come up, because I think... They'll, they'll get more minutes than maybe they did last season, particularly, as I said, uh, Becky and Della. I think they'll be they'll be, have to be big players for us this year, as you mentioned, with the, the players that have gone. And, and we haven't really brought in a load of players, but it's still a really, really competitive squad. And, and I'm really looking forward to the season getting going. Yeah, half a dozen or so players have left the club over the, the closed season. Uh, some of the names, Louise Corrigan, obviously out injured last year, but she's been an integral part of the club on and off over the last decade or so. Uh, Chloe Maloney, Neve Barnes, uh, Neymar, I'm going to get in serious trouble with a lot of people over uh, over names. Uh, Sarah McEvitt, of course, gone to Cork. We've talked about her previously on the show. But I suppose the big name and the big loss uh, this year is at the back with Neve Farrelly. She's been a huge key part of that defence over the last couple of seasons. She's moved on. She's gone abroad to Glasgow. Um, how much of a loss is Neve going to be to that, I suppose, the defensive setup of the, the club? Yeah, look, a huge loss. I think herself and Claire had a really good partnership last season. Um, all the girls that have gone, to be fair, are, were all very good players. And I think some of them may be unfortunate not to play a lot of minutes um, with, with the competition that was in the squad. So I think like, part of me is obviously disappointed to lose those players. But at the same time, I think it's important that they go and get minutes and play because they're, they're too good not to be playing in teams, you know. So, look, I think we mentioned uh, Della Doherty coming into the team. Um, she's played at centre-back a little bit last season Um, went... Neve Gone is a big loss. Neve is a very good player. I think she's a player who we're going to see more of in the Irish team, in my opinion, in the next couple of years. Very good player. And she's gone away to try and play professionally. We wish her well, but it's an opportunity for, for other players to step up to the mark. As I mentioned, Tegan Ruddy coming back and play centre back. Dora can play centre back. And, and Della can play there as well. She showed last season that she's, she's well capable of coming in and, and playing in that position. So, yeah, we're going to miss Neve. She's been a big player at the club. She spent her whole her whole kind of time over the last couple of years at Piedmont, so she was upset leaving and stuff. And and obviously we're not we don't like to see players like her go, but we have the players coming up, and, and it's up to them now to step up to the mark and, and really show what they can do. Yeah, in terms of I suppose that type of player moving on to other leagues, whether it's to England or um, 
Glasgow has been a destination for a couple of players over recent seasons from a couple of clubs, uh, but no more than yourself. There's, there's girls playing in Italy, France, America, Norway, Sweden. Uh, over the last few years, we've seen Germany, a couple of girls in Germany as well. So we've seen players move to all of those leagues in recent years. Is that just going to be something we're going to have to deal with as a league and as a, as a fraternity uh, to see players go to where they have that opportunity to maybe make a part-time living or a full-time living from the game that we just can't offer them here in this country? Yeah, I think we've seen it with quite a few players. Obviously, P-Mounts with Amber Barrett gone. Obviously, myself, Anya, over the years would have been at P-Mounts and went away. And, and it's it's something that's obviously happened throughout the league with some of the players having to go away to play professionally. And that's something that we've kind of touched on over the last couple of episodes. I think, in my opinion, the league here in Ireland has the quality and has the players. But unfortunately, it's still part-time. It's still an amateur league. And, and a lot of the girls who are playing the league have aspirations to play international football. And... And sometimes that means having to go away to play professionally to get more of a full-time environment and to be training every day. And look, my my hope is that the, the league here can go to semi-pro soon and um, in the next couple of years will be amazing. I think we're a little bit off at the moment, but I think to me, for me, I think the goal has got to be to keep your players here for as long as you can and make the Women's National League as competitive, but obviously give them the platform that they can get or they need to get to, to go to international football as well. So... Look, it's disappointing when players leave and players go to different leagues, but you have to to admire them because it's not an easy decision to go abroad. And women's football sometimes doesn't offer the lavish lifestyle that men's football does. That does, but I think these players feel they have to go to be able to to make the step up. And as I said, hopefully in the future they won't have to go. That the league here will be as competitive and, and maybe at a more full time semi professional level that they won't have to go. But yeah, it's it's disappointing to lose players like that out of the league. Yeah, I suppose some of the positive steps that have been made, maybe in that general direction, although we're still a good bit away from that yet, would be the facilities, training facilities, match facilities in terms of the grounds. Uh, we're going to hear a bit from Bose, but maybe they might have a bit more access to Daly Mount Park uh, this season. Uh, we'll talk about maybe some of those teams that have improved the the playing facilities on match day. Uh, LOI TV is a huge step forward in terms of coverage, which should bring extra eyeballs, should bring extra maybe dollars and euros into the game in terms of sponsors and advertising opportunities. Uh, and then, of course, the under-19 league that we've already kind of touched on uh, will bring that kind of player pool up uh, uh, an age group uh, or two-year age group or in terms of the talent coming through and maybe give them an opportunity to, to keep playing the game at a national league level over the next season or two. It should improve the standard of players within the league in the medium to long term and hopefully we'll get closer to the aspiration that you talked about but let's maybe start with the the LOI TV and, and what you think of of that in terms of what it's going to bring to the the league season this year yeah look it's brilliant it's great for the league it's it's a step in the right direction in my opinion I think um I've obviously had to talk about the women's national league quite a bit over the last number of years and, and talking about the games and the quality of players and I suppose how good the league is. So for me now, it's easy to just say, look, go and watch our games. They're going to be on live streams. You'll be able to see them every week and people can see for themselves because I think that's one thing that maybe has has stopped the growth of women's football at times is that people don't really go and watch it because it's not available to them. So there's no excuse for people not to be able to see the games. And, and hopefully if they can watch the games on, on the League of our LOI TV, they might actually come and watch the games then when they're allowed to come and play or watch. And that will obviously help kind of get people to the grounds and get them to watch the games live too. So look, it's it's a great step in the right direction. It's it's kind of a step towards maybe a semi-professional league as well, I think. So hopefully these small steps that we're making will all come together and will, will be for the better of the league in the long run. Yeah, it's amazing how many conversations I've had with football fans, League of Ireland fans, who have never engaged with women's football at all. And I'm talking about club officials, I'm talking about coaches within the leagues. And by accident, they've stumbled across a game. Most of them actually, funny enough, the, the cup final last year, people sat down and watched it. And the reaction to it was amazing. They were saying, oh, actually they're pretty good. And I was kind of like, take their head and bash it against a brick wall going, I've been telling you this for a decade or more. Uh, but the, the that kind of attitude of, oh, they, they actually can play. I, I don't know what they were expecting to see, but it's not the reality of the situation. And I think it's it's important for, for stuff like LOI TV and even this this show on a smaller level to kind of showcase that ability and that talent and, and talk about the personalities and stuff within the league. And um, I mentioned grounds and we've heard the announcement late last year about Turner's Cross being available to the men and women. Cork are going to be playing at Turner's Cross this year. How much of a difference does it make 
when you go down to a to play a game in Cork, for example, and you're playing in a in a proper stadium as opposed to maybe somewhere that's not quite at the same level. Again, it's it's another step towards a more professional league. I think, and when you obviously, particularly if you're going to be watching the games on the stream, and if you look and it's an open field in the middle of nowhere, it's it's not going to look really well, is it? I think when you can see a stand and the facilities are really good, it's it's going to make the league look a little bit more professional. Um, I made my home international debut at Turner's Cross as well, so I've got very good memories from there. I love playing in that stadium, so it's it's just great to see, as I said, the the men's clubs given the women the opportunity to play within the league or within their within their grounds. So it can only be good for the league to see uh, to be able to to use the top facilities and as I said, just to showcase the women's game in a better standard and a better facility. It's always gonna show or always going to look better in my opinion if you if you have that. So hopefully it continues and, and we see more clubs kind of doing I think most clubs prefer Galway playing aim at DC Park. Uh, you mentioned Bowes are gonna the women are gonna be playing in um, in Daily Mount, Shells playing Talca. So look at all the all the teams are trying to do what they can to to try and help the women's side. So it can only be a good step in the right direction. Yeah, of course, DLR also in the UCD Bowl. Ferry Carrick Park is home to the, the women down in Wexford, not alone, playing their stadium as well. So it, it's a very small number of teams that aren't playing in a, a National League stadium effectively. And I think that's going to get less and less and less. I know it was one of the stumbling blocks we had with Sligo back in the day when we talked about a senior team was where would we play? Because the only option really we wanted was the showgrounds. And that was just a bit of a stumbling block at the time. But it, it's I think that's something that will definitely they've really embraced it now in the last couple of seasons they've got 17s and 19s and i think as you see new teams coming up through if, if a team comes out of donegal for example i would expect them to be playing in finn park uh, at senior level and i think that's kind of something that we will see more and more of uh, the only one i'm not sure exactly where they're playing i think the treaty united are playing out of jackman park for the girls i'm not quite sure uh, where they're they're based this season so and be interesting to see uh, where those teams kind of come together and really uh, build that up. And obviously, Treaty are a brand new entity. They're only a year in existence and they need a bit of time to kind of find their feet in the league as well. Um, in terms of, I suppose, the under 19 league, what's your own thoughts on of what that adds to the, the football uh, world in, in the women's game here in the country? It's 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 perfect for the girls' development, isn't it? I think sometimes coming from under 17s level straight into senior football, it is difficult. It's a big jump. Um, I've done it myself. I remember I was 14 playing pretty much in senior football a lot of the time, you know, 14, 15, 16, kind of playing really young. So I think these young players, as I mentioned, who have come into us in senior level in, in the Women's National League and P-Mounts, they're all very, very good players, but they've had the time to develop and I think that's stood to them, you know. So the under-19s league can, can only be a good thing, from, in my opinion, for the young players coming through. Absolutely. Well, let's maybe take a look around the grounds and we might jump over to the west of the country and have a look at what's going on in Galway at the moment with Chloe Singleton. Now, as we continue to bring you the news from around the different clubs in the Women's National League this year, we turn our attentions west to the city of the tribes and Galway. And we're joined by their player, Chloe Singleton. Uh, Chloe, you're very welcome to the programme. Hey guys, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, I've, I've just been reliably informed off air by Steph that you're a, a former a roommate of hers on international duty. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was it was grand. It was a nice, nice, easy roommate to have, you know. Um, <laughs> you have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think both of us weren't really in the room much, but um, no, it was it was nice. You know, she kind of settled me in and um, it was nice to hear her stories and stuff. So, yeah, I think it was it was nice to share the room with her. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more maybe about your international experience in a little while. But first of all, let's talk about Galway and obviously pre-season. Um, it's up and running. We're finished. We're a couple of days away from the first games of the season. Uh, how are things been going down in Galway? Yeah, I think we're all really excited now to kind of get things going. Um, I think pre we had a good pre-season. I think we've won loss there against P-Mount. But um, other than that, I think, you know, we've... Dave has come in and he's he's kind of been doing a few different things with us, a few different systems. Um, but no, I think everyone's just excited now to get going and um, to kind of just see how the season pans out and hopefully we can actually do the full season without any stopping and starting like like last year, you know. 
Yeah, that's kind of the, the wish for everybody, really, isn't it? Just to kind of get through the season, just with a game every week would be brilliant not to have to worry about whether you're going to have a game or not. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about some of the, the games, I suppose. I saw the, the game down in Athlone. We talked about it on the show last week. Uh, weather conditions have not been ideal for some of your fixtures. That one in particular, it looked like you were playing in the middle of a cyclone. Yeah, the, the weather proved fairly bad that night. The wind was nearly like an, another player nearly uh, on two different halves because um, I think you said there in one of the podcasts last week, all the goals were scored in, in one one net except for one. And um, yeah, I think the wind really did have um, have a lot to play on that on that game. Um, I think two of the goals were from direct free kicks like, and the wind kind of helped along. But um, no, I don't like, do you know what, Lone are a good side. Um, I think they prove very gritty, like they're a very tough team to kind of break down. Um, they can be very defensive. Um, but no, you know, we played them in Galway as well. Um, but it's it's good to kind of get them under our belt as well with considering the weather because you know you're not always gonna have the wet weather on your hat on your side. So um I think it's good to kind of have that as well. Yeah, um, I suppose in terms of the, the the changes over the close season, most clubs have had a, a fair number of changes. Galway, uh, obviously in there as well, with a load of different players in and out. A new goalkeeper has come in. Um, what can you tell us about her? I suppose because you've lost the three keepers you had last year. Uh, two gone to Athlone, Ria McPhilbin and um, Abigail O'Neill have both gone to Athlone, and Amanda Budden has gone to Shell. So. Um, What's what's the future like? Trish Fennelly, of course, has come in as well from I suppose after a season or two out in Cork City. Um, so it's it's a lot of change in that position in particular in Galway. Yeah, like I think we struggled um, towards the start of preseason to kind of see we were where we were at. Considering with a goalkeeper, we kind of you know I think Billy was on the search for a while with a few people coming in and out. We ha- we always had keepers training with us. We always had um, backup plan. But I think, uh, no, I don't know how he fa- found Maya. Um, she's the, I think she's Slovenian. Um, she He found her somehow. And um, no, she's been very good. She's very vocal. And um, she's not afraid to kind of come out. You know, kind of a lot of female keepers won't really come out. But um, no, she's she's been doing well. And she's kind of proven herself for that um, number one jersey. And, you know, Trish as well has experience under her belt as well. So, um, no, I think it's panned out well. Like, we were very unlucky to lose all three of the goalkeepers. But... Um, We've um we found some extra players, so no, I think it's it's been okay. Steph, of course, you've had to to battle with those uh, opponents over the years. What are your thoughts on another international goalkeeper joining the league? Yeah, look, it's great to see. It's great to see players wanting to come and play in the league. And as you say, Billy's obviously done a good job in trying to get the replacements in. Um, Galway are always going to be a tough uh, team to play against for anybody. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they how they fare out this year, this season. Um, you mentioned we played them. On Paddy's Day, actually, you're missing a few players. I know Shauna Fox wasn't there and Kira Cormick. And so when you think about those players not being in the squad when we did beat them, it's going to be probably a different game in, in the season when you have your full-strength squad. So, look, I think it's have a, it's a fair few players coming in. And I think as well, Dave Bell coming in with Billy Cleary and Maz as well. That's You've got a good coaching staff behind us as well. So I do think Galway are going to be a big threat to everybody this season. Yes, yeah, some other names, I suppose, that caught my attention just from the list that came out from the FAI this week. Anna Fahey, obviously, has been impressing underage. Ruth Fahey back after an extended period out of the game as well. Um, it's a very different look to, to Galway this year. David Bell, as, as yourself and Steph both mentioned in the in the dugout, along with Maz and, and Billy. Um, what can we expect for people who are watching from the outside looking in? Well, like, you know, as you said, it's, it's a big change. But um, I think sometimes change can be good. I think um, last season we were very bobbly. We were kind of up and down. Um, so I think what to expect? I think, no, I think we should be expecting um, a good breakout from us. I think we should be, expe- we're, our hopes are to be into the top three. We always said aim for the top four, but I think this year we're pushing on aiming for the top three um, because the likes of Dave, he's been a huge addition to the background staff and he's he's um, implementing a lot of new ideas and um, no it's, it's been very good and the, the likes of Ruth like she's got a lot of experience as well and she she'd be very have a good brain like you know for the football um but no I think I think we I think we are improving greatly and I think you know the few month, months in pre-season have proved um very well and um no hopefully now we can just break into the top three and that's that's kind of what we're hoping for 
Yeah, you've spoken about the game you played last week on St. Patrick's Day. Um, Steph's been very tight-lipped on the show about how you might have been preparing for the season. I think she thinks if we don't talk about it, people are going to think they're under the radar. That's not the, the case. <laughs> Can you tell us about the game last week? How, how much are you prepared to put on the record about maybe how Piemont are faring out for this year, in your own opinion? Well, yeah, obviously I wouldn't know much how about because we only played them once. But uh, no, to be fair, it was a very tough game. Um, I think it was... On, from my behalf, I think it was one of my toughest preseason games so far. Um, you know, P Mount are always going to be a good, good opponent opponent to play against. Um, they're going to be very tough. Um, they always seem to have the edge over us. Um, so hopefully, coming into the season, like like Stephanie said, we had a few few players that we'd Shauna Fox, Kira Cormpen. We also had Shauna Brennan, um, one of the young girls, um, out for from injury as well. So hopefully, coming into the season, you know. It'll be a bit of a tighter game. I think, you know, Piemont had a hold off us um, in the first half, definitely. I think the second half kind of took us until the second half to kind of get into it. But, um, no, I think Piemont always proved very strong and we just need to kind of get over that line of just kind of say to ourselves, you know, we're at that level as well now. Um, so hopefully now when the season starts, we'll just get over that line. Um, we spoke briefly, obviously, you were my roommate for uh, one camp there. When was it? Two years ago, go what ago now when Tom O'Connor was in charge, yeah, I think, I think so. before Vera came in. Um obviously Galway has always had some very good internationals, Neve Fahi, Julianne Russell, to name a few, Maeve the Burke. Um yourself, you've been in a couple of times. I think you've got a few players within the Galway squad who maybe have been on the brinks for the last few seasons, so likes yourself, Savannah McCarthy's been in and out, Shauna Fox as well, Chloe Maloney played underage. Do you think maybe this season you might see a couple more Galway girls coming through? Definitely. I think the two younger ones, uh, Therese and Shauna Brennan, they've been knocking around the senior doors as well. I think them two especially. I think Shauna Fox will have a good season this year as well. And the likes of Savannah, I think I think we'll all, um, hopefully, you know, I think our aims, I don't know if what their aims are personally, but as a group, we just want to kind of do well in the league. But I think definitely, I think a few of us deserve um, some sort of a call up and the two younger ones have been phenom phenomenal, like, you know, with the the way they've been going on and they've only come up last year and I think they've played nearly every game with us since. Um, but I think, no, I, I do think we deserve a bit of a chance because we never really see a Galway player in with the senior squad in the last few years. We haven't really seen it. Um, so, no, I, I hope I hope that's uh, on the cards for a few of the girls. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Shauna... Shauna um... Brennan has been excellent last season actually I voted for for young player of the year a very good player and obviously Therese played in the home base game as well but I agree I think there are players within that Galway squad who probably deserve the opportunity to come up and and obviously have maybe a training session on that field hopefully the home base sessions will get back in this season and we might see a few more Galway players being given the opportunity yeah, there's one person who who has left the club that I think we, we actually invited her on the show before we realised she'd stepped away is Maeve DeBurka has been a, a stalwart of that Galway side almost since the start. Of course, she did play abroad for a little while. Um, how much of a loss is she going to be uh, to that Galway team? Yeah, I think she always brings a good amount of experience and um, I think a lot of people look up to her, me especially, I would kind of look up to her um in games and stuff i think she will be a huge loss um but i think you know the girl the senior girls of the team now will have to fill that gap um the likes of shauna fox and kira cormack and and ruth to come in as well and you know sav will all have to fill that gap um but you know she'll still she'll still be around and she'll still be um at all our games i'd hope anyways cheering us on and she'll she'll still kind of be knocking on the door hopefully um just kind of giving us that bit of energy Absolutely. We have, one thing we haven't talked about on the show this year so far, really, is the introduction of the under nineteen league. Um, what, if any, impact has that had on on your preparations? Having that extra cohort of players, maybe that would have played under seventeen over the last two years, uh, still floating around the club and still kind of involved in the day to day stuff, or or, or are they even? Uh, how has it affected your preseason at all? Well, I think we have a few of the girls um, that would be with the under 19 Galway team. I think we have a few of them in training with us. And it's good It's good for them, you know, to kind of be actually training because obviously they're not back yet. Um, and it kind of makes up our panel as well. And, you know, if we're struggling for a few weeks with injuries, it gives them a chance to kind of break into the team. And I think as well, if they're struggling with, to break into our team, if they're doing well with their own league, I think it'll take Billy and Maz and Dave like to look at them and think, you know what they could freshen up our team um i think it does 
I think it will have a huge advantage on on the whole league. I think all the teams will benefit hugely from them coming through. Um, I think it's it's a good stepping stone, anyways, um, in the right direction. And there's also supposed to be a lot of talk in the men's game over the last few weeks about managerial appointments and who's in charge, who's picking teams. I suppose you're in a very unique situation in that two of last year's managers in the league are now both on the sideline for Galway. Is it very clear from a player's point of view who's in charge and and, and how that's going to operate? Has that kind of addition of, of Dave Bell into the, the, the dugout, has that kind of worked from a player's point of view? Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of sceptical of how it would work. But uh, no, I think it has it has added hugely. And I think, you know, Billy's still the manager and he's still taking on that role very well. Um, but I do think we needed to freshen things up. And Dave, he does things a lot differently. So it is going to be a bit different and it's going to take time to get used to. But um, no, it's there hasn't been, it's been all smooth sailing so far. And it's, um, everyone's just gelled so well and everyone's getting on with Dave and, Everyone seems to be enjoying his sessions, so I think it's um it's been a very good addition, and I do think um it was the right choice um that Billy made, and you know probably would have been a difficult one as well um because Dave would be such a big personality and big big coach, you know, coming in, um but no, it was a good good decision, and uh, I think we're all benefiting from it. Absolutely. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us, Chloe. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm going to watching your games with interest uh, as it kicks off this weekend obviously you're at home to Cork on Saturday afternoon and you'll be looking to uh, to start the season with a win against the Rebels uh, the very best of luck to you and uh, hopefully you'll be back giving a, a bit of a kick and a push to Stephanie at a corner in a couple of weeks time best and luck th- thanks a million guys thank you thanks for having me bonus points as well for saying you were able to quote uh, previous episodes of the podcast we like that around <laughs> I've been studying <laughs> It doesn't transfer into the league table, but we, we like it anyway. So uh, good bonus points from us. Thanks, guys. And the final club of all of the teams in the league that we have to have a little look at before the season kicks off properly this weekend is Bohemians. And I'm delighted to say we're joined by their defender, Neve Kenna, captain of the team last year. Neve joins us now. Neve, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. You're more than welcome. It's great to have, I suppose, the final team in the league on the show. In terms of, I suppose, the last couple of weeks and the last couple of months since you've come back out of lockdown pre-season, how have things been going? Because your first year in the league last year, it was a little bit of a struggle. How has pre-season been? It's gone really well so far, to be honest. Um, we've gotten a good few new players in. They'd be senior in their own way, you know, that kind of way. Um, I think everybody, we have players for every position now so everybody's fighting for a place which has really brought up the competitiveness in training and in, in matches and um, obviously results haven't gone our way as of yet but it's a work in progress and we're hoping to get there before the end start of the season next week so yeah you had a little bit of a spell away from the game yourself personally until you came back in last year you came back up to the senior grade uh, you played for Tamak Rovers before. Obviously, there's a huge uh, rivalry between the two clubs. What has you uh, playing in Bohemian's jersey now? I was at Shamrock Rovers, yeah. My whole family are Shamrock Rovers fans, to be honest. I'm outside, so yeah, I'm kind of uh, blown out with family. But look, Pat gave me a ring last, ring last year, and um, I was just delighted to come back over. I was delighted to get back into the league. I think the league has really progressed since I've been last playing. Um, and I've seen a massive difference myself personally, so I was delighted to get back involved. Sean Byrne has obviously come in as manager last season. As you mentioned, first season within the league. Uh, this season, we played against us uh, on Saturday. It was really, really well set up. A lot of changes, players coming in, players gone out. How do you think Sean has affected the team? And how do you think how do you find him as a manager, I suppose, within the league? Sean's great. Um, Sean's one of, probably one of the best managers that I've played under. Um, he's very informative. He knows the stuff. God, he's drilled into us, you know, and I think he's really, really great for the younger players. Um, even the way I look at football now would be completely different to how I have looked at it in the past. I see things just a lot clearer and it's, he's great to have around for the younger girls. I think just the progress in the team from even last year to this year, you can see how much better organised we are. And I think it's finally, um, it's finally like sinking in with the girls the way that Sean wants us to play. And I think when that all comes together, and um, we have a great bunch of young players there that can really drive us on in the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, I think obviously Breath mentioned it. Maybe the results didn't quite go your way last season. But I know when we played against you, 
in an air game in Oscar Trainer, it was a difficult game. So you were well set up. It was just kind of maybe the results didn't go your way. But obviously that kind of takes time. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he's got on this year. I think it's going to be a good season for us. Yeah, thanks very much. Do you know what I think it is personally? I think it, we need to be scoring more goals. There's only so many um, mistakes at the back we can allow for not conceding, for not scoring goals ourselves. Do you know that kind of way? So I think once we start getting on the score sheet a bit more, it might give us a little, a little bit of leeway at the back. Um, but sure, we'll see. Hopefully we can get a few more results in the next couple of weeks. And um, Bo's obviously a good tradition at the moment of, of really innovative ideas. And we, we had Daniel Lambert on the show, on the, the men's equivalent of the show, talking about the new link up with DCU. And <clears throat> will that have any impact on you? I know you're based out of the, the amateur league centre there in the Oscar Trainer Centre on the in Kulak. Um, but will that DCU link up have any direct impact on, on what you're doing as a club, as the women's branch within the team? As of yet, no, not that I'm aware of. It's not something that has been brought to our attention. But as I've said before in previous podcasts and stuff, both have been absolutely amazing to us as a women's team. Like we couldn't ask for much more from them. And um, obviously, they're involved in a lot in the community as well, which is great to see. And um, makes you be prouder wearing the jersey. If I'm honest, yeah, it's great. Yeah, a lot of the clubs kind of pay a lot of lip service to women's football. And some of the clubs have really stepped up. Bose, as you mentioned, definitely one of those from the outside looking in that appear to really have just taken and embraced the women's side of the game completely. Um, what's it like being part of a club where you actually have that bit of a platform that the men's game provides? Um, I'm thinking in terms of kit launches and stuff with the girls been featured in in social media and on their website and in all their kind of um, public issues of stuff that the girls' players are on an equal footing with the boys. How does that feel as a player to be part of a kind of a culture like that? It's amazing, to be honest. Um, it makes you really feel part of a, of a strong unit as a club. Um, a lot of the girls have said it from the beginning, like we're really, really privileged to be in the situation that we're in. Um, Bows have literally we haven't wanted for one thing we haven't wanted for anything at all they've been great and it really makes you want to play better for the club and improve as a team for the club because they're doing so much for us you know and it should be that way it should be on an equal level with the men you know like um and i'm glad to finally be seeing that um come forward yeah definitely i think we've seen it with shells as well haven't we i think they, yeah. they're all under the one umbrella and I think it's a long time coming. Obviously, I played in the league for the last couple of years. Obviously, I was away for a while. And I think a lot of good things are happening now within the league. We've touched on it kind of the last couple of episodes, breath with the uh, the games being streamed. But I think it's it's important that some of the bigger profile clubs in Ireland are now starting to take women's sides kind of under their, their wing and really treating them properly, which is good to see. So hopefully long may it continue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we have to include Treaty and Athlone in that as well, in terms of it being one club, one entity, one one kind of gathering of, of people together to work with a common goal for both sides and both teams get treated equally i think it's it's important it's, it's been kind of lip service as i mentioned for for way too long speaking of the football uh, neve your squad it looks very different to last year's squad probably half the squad left a, a whole load of raft of new players have come in a couple of girls from athlone i know you've signed um neve coombs and paula Dorn have come in from athlone there's a couple coming from from Piedmont across the city um in terms of the, the preparation, Claire Conlon is a name that we haven't seen in the league for a couple of seasons. Uh, she was focused on playing Gaelic football with Leash. Uh, she joined your side this year. Um, what's the expectations for the for the the impact these players can make into the squad? It's great to get the girls in. Um, I think last year a few names and a few faces were afraid to make the jump to such a new club. But I think having seen how organised we were last year, even with with John Bourne, I think that a few of them made the move over this year we're really really lucky with the girls that we got in Neve Combs is an absolutely great sign and she's been doing amazing for us so far um, as long with Paula and it's great to have Claire around Claire's amazing for the younger girls like you know she really she's really bringing them on and the advice that she has to give is amazing Um, it's really really good so I think last year we were really looking at just you know keeping the score lines down and uh, all about performances but this year we're, we're looking to get results you know we're not just here to take part as I as they say, like we want to get the results and we want to start getting points on the board. And I think that's something that Sean has really drilled into us this year, that last year was the learning goal. Last year was just based on performances, but this year we need to improve on that and start getting results and start getting points on the board. So, Yeah, in terms of, I suppose, how you'll measure success this year, what's the, the hopes for as a squad that you're setting out for the new season? What have you 
spoken about or, or kind of targeted in terms of achievements this year? Are you looking at uh, a couple of places further up the table, uh, top half of the table? What's the plan? 100% further up the table. Um, obviously, it was very disappointing to finish bottom of the table last year. I felt like it was undeserved the performance that we put in, but unfortunately, the results didn't go our way. Um, obviously, this year, as a team, our target is to just get as far up that table as we possibly can. We want to go out and compete in every game, um, whether it's against Shelbourne, Treaty, alone. It doesn't matter. We literally want to compete in every game and just see what results we can get and how many points we can um, gather and move up the table as far as we can, hopefully. Yeah, you've also lost a few underage players. Um, a lot of that under-17 squad, for some reason, seemed to just go everywhere at the end of the year. Um, you've a new under-19 team in there as well. Like, How much um, are you aware of what's happening at that level, or is it just because it's not ha actually actively training at the moment that it's kind of just at a loose end, or how has that worked? Yeah, it was disappointing. A few of the girls left at the beginning of the season and they moved on. But look, we wish them the best of luck. And we've also gotten a few. We still have a lot of 19s players and we've gotten a few more in. And we're just working on building with them and um, building that team a little bit further. Obviously, the plan is for them to be a feeder team for us, you know, like, so we want the best players in that we can get in. Um, and unfortunately, they can't come back training just yet. But hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we can get them back in training with us um, and just improve their game. Um, as much as we can. Um, you talked a little bit about how you've really become kind of a team who are hard to beat in terms of defensively, but now it's about getting the goals. Is there anybody in the team that you think maybe might surprise us this season, a player to look out for who might be kind of on the goal? Don't be telling her all the secrets. Don't be telling her all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. We look, we've had a couple of new signings this year, you know, and um, a couple of players who have improved a lot from last year. We have a new girl in. Erica Bork, she's the guy player and she came in and she, she's banging the goals and in the training. So if she can continue to do that um, in games, we'd be, we'd be doing well. Obviously, Eve Robinson is there up front and Nimi has also came in and she's looking to play up front too and all of them have goals in them, you know. I just think we need to work on getting the ball up to them um, a lot quicker, you know, um, as a team and hopefully then they can do their job and put the ball in the back of the net, please God. In terms of, I suppose, the situation Bows find themselves in, obviously bottom of the league last year, uh, but you're also very close to Shells in terms of uh, a base there at Indrum, Condra and Fribsborough, Pima not a million miles down the road, DLR Waves in the other corner of the city. How hard is it to attract players when you're not maybe getting the same league position? Um, what's different about Bows that will attract players in there that can strengthen I think last year it was difficult. Um, it was very difficult to get the players in last year because people didn't know. Obviously, we were introduced to the league at a very late stage. People didn't know what to expect. It was kind of all over the place at the beginning of the year, you know. But I think the fact that we weren't bashed last year, we weren't um, hammered in game seven or eight now, showed people that we can improve as a team and that they could maybe make the move over and improve the team even better than what we did last year. Um, obviously, a lot of the young players want to be at the bigger clubs, you know, but this will be a bigger club in years to come. And the girls just need to believe in that and give it a chance and um, progress with the team. And that way that they be involved in a big team in years to come rather than maybe a lot of girls, I think, are afraid to leave the bigger clubs when they're not even playing. Whereas I think it'd be better for them to get the game time, you know, and to improve as a player. And, and then they can be one of the bigger players at a big club in years to come. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. I think there are too many players. We had it last season with Pima in the Cup for the players who didn't play a lot. And from my, from my own point of view, like obviously I'm coming more towards the end of my career when I look at players and see them sitting on the bench. Obviously, it's great to be involved with a big club. But as you mentioned, there's good people involved in Bowes. You've got a good manager in Sean Bourne. They're trying to build the right way. So I think it's important for young players particularly to go and play and be involved in the league rather than sitting on the bench. So I think that's something that can help you attract players and get young, hungry players in who maybe aren't getting the game time they want. And as I mentioned, you just have to set up, you have the management that are there to kind of, for them to learn and to teach them. So hopefully they'll be able to, to get that when they do come to us. Exactly. Like we, I have to say, we have an amazing, amazing management and coaching staff. We've like six or seven lads in at the moment. We have the best of everything. Um, and I just think that the younger girls need to have that hunger in them. They have to be stopping and happy to sit at a bench at a big club and want to play. The only way you're going to progress in your own game is by getting game time. I just wish more girls would take a chance because just come to a training session, you know, come to two or three training sessions and you'll see for yourself, you know, everything that we have here. It's just as good as the bigger clubs and um, 
just to give it a chance, you know. And exactly as Steph said, the game time should be enough to draw players in. Yeah, I suppose you talked to the outset about the opportunity maybe of playing a few more games at Daily Mount. You played one game there last year, I think it was against DLR Waves. Um, how nice would it be to be kind of playing competitively, winning games in Daily Mount for a couple of times this season? What's the the, the prognosis on that? Will you get a chance to play in, in the home of Irish football later this year? Yes, definitely. That's the plan. Um, I think there's been talks that we can hopefully get as many games as possible in Daily Mount this year, but obviously that's weather dependent and with the lads playing on the pitch, unfortunately, we'll have to just wait and see. But the plan is to get as many games as possible in daily amount. Um, and I think that's something that we're really working towards in the future is to get all our home games in daily amount. And that'll be an amazing achievement. And I'll just show how much the women's game has really come on over the last few years. So You kick off this season uh, with the visit of Treaty United this weekend. Um, what's your thoughts going into that? in terms of uh, expectation again of, of that particular clash treaty they've changed their manager they've had a couple of retirements Mary Curtin has left and a few girls have come in um, looking to get off with a, a win maybe set the, the tone for the rest of the season of course yeah that'd be great it'd be great to set the season off with a win um, look we're just going to treat every game as they come um, treaty are a tough game to play against obviously we played against them a couple of times last year it's hard to break down um, but look, I believe in the squad that we have. I believe in the players that we have. I believe that Sean will put the best team that he can possibly put out on the day and hopefully that we can get results. Definitely. Well, listen, we, we, as we do with everybody on the show, we wish you the best luck for the season ahead and and hopefully uh, it's it's a good year for Bohemians women's side as well. And uh, Niamh, thanks for joining us. The very best luck this weekend and for the season. Thank you very much and thanks very much for having me. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. See you later. And that is uh, our final look at the clubs in the league for this season. It promises to be a very exciting uh, season ahead for all of the teams in the league this year. Of course, nine teams. That means we have four games every week. One team, obviously, not playing this week. It's DLR who have to watch on as everybody else gets to start their season. Steph, we might start with your own game. Uh, you face a, a fairly daunting task down to Wexford. It's probably the pick of the games of the week in terms, I suppose, of league positions from last season. Uh, and away team, uh, away game down to Ferry Carrick Park, it's a, it's a big challenge for yourselves. Confident to have come back with all three points? Yeah, look, as you said, it's a, a big challenge for us. Uh, first game of the season, always very difficult game going to Ferry Carriga has always been for, for all the years that I've been in, in the league. And obviously coming back last season, it was it was difficult going down there. Um, they're obviously going to want to to be challengers for the league this season. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a, a well-fought game and, and hopefully we can come away with the three points. That's obviously the goal going down. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to the game. And, and honestly, just delighted to be getting started. I feel like... Preseason hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been really, really long, you know, that way. So I just really want to get started. And I'm sure the girls at Piment and the girls at Wexford are exactly the same. So it's going to be a, a good time, in my opinion, I think. Absolutely. Well, I'm not going to ask you to make predictions specifically to the games because I think that'll just get open up a whole uh, hornet's nest that we really don't want to wish upon you. But we might talk through each of the fixtures over the course of the weekend. Of course, Galway. Uh, there in DC Park and Cork, the visitors there. Uh, that'll be a, a nice kind of based on last year's. Again, league, ta league table performance is a good mid-table position. Two teams kind of around the same level. Uh, we'll see Cork without the, the one or two players that they've lost. Galway, of course, we've also spoken about today. Um, they've lost a couple of players too. So it's all changing both camps for this season. Yeah, look, we've had obviously Kater Donovan on a couple of weeks ago and Chloe on today. Chloe spoke maybe about them finishing third Galway in the league this season. So I'm sure they want to get off to a good start. Um, I think, as you mentioned, loads of changes within both of the teams um, but both from playing both of the teams, I think they all have the same philosophy. Uh, Cork will still want to play the way they played and, and go well, it'll be difficult to beat. So I think it's going to be a, a very interesting game. As I said, both teams will be looking to get off to a good start. So it will make for, for an entertaining game, I'm sure. Yeah, of course, one to be watched. Of course, all these games live and free on LOITV.ie. Uh, full details to be launched later in the week coming out of the FAI. Um, third game of the weekend, Bowes and Treaty. We touched on it. Uh, with uh, Neve earlier in the show. What's your thoughts on this? Um, obviously, very new look side from Bowes. Also a lot of change in Treaty. We seem to be saying that a lot about all the teams, as you mentioned, but um, what can we expect from that game? Will Bowes struggle, do you think, or will they have enough to, to match Treaty on the day? 
Um, I look, I think both teams obviously new to the league, uh, guess finding their feet. Um, we spoke obviously to, to Neve today. I think their struggle last year was scoring goals and she spoke about it again today. But for me, I think Bowes might just nick it. I think it would be close. I think 3D have definitely improved as well, but I think Bowes just might nick that game. Yeah, and of course, the final game of the weekend at Lone and Shells. Uh, Shells will be looking to lay down a marker. Of course, Noel King, it's actually his first time coaching a women's club team in the in the country, which is uh, kind of rare because you associate him with women's football for so many years in the in the country. But to see him on the sideline of a women's national league team, will he have a winning start? Can Athlone maybe put it up to them on, on the day on over the weekend? I think Athlone could shock them. Um, I, I don't think... Obviously, part of me wants them to lose <laughs> with them going to be air competitors for the season. But I think Shells might just have a little bit too much for Atlone. But I do think Atlone will will maybe shock them. I think we played them in preseason. Very good team, really well organised. Um, again, a team who are trying to find their feet and get themselves playing the right way they want to play. But I think it will be a good game. I don't think we'll see many games this year where teams are getting thrashed 6 or 7 nil. Now, Shells could completely surprise me and go out and do that. But I think... Um, yeah, Shells have some very good quality players and I can't see them not winning the game, but I do think um, Athlone will give them a good fight. Yeah, I think there's, there's players have come into the league that maybe are a little bit under the radar. I know we spoke uh, with Athlone. Kayla Brady was on the show last week. We spoke about Catherine Heinemann. I think she's going to be a huge addition at this level. She's got international experience with Northern Ireland. Mern Devani comes in with a big reputation of underage uh, international. And But I think there's also players of similar quality that we don't necessarily know that have come out of these underage ranks over the last couple of weeks. Roisin Malloy, for me, is the one. She was player of the year with Sligo three seasons ago, under 17, and she's been playing Gaelic for the last two years, and I think she's going to have a huge impact. Abigail Ronan, uh, Kelsey Monroe, impressive youngsters who didn't quite get the rub of the green at Galway, and I think they're, they're all going to come in and, and make a bit of an impact. And Athlone could be dark horses. I'm not saying they're going to be challenging for a league title, but I think they're going to surprise a couple of teams this year. Now, we did give you a little bit of homework last week on the show, Steph. Uh, we asked you to go away and come back with your predictions, not necessarily for the games, but for the actual overall season. Um, it's a bit of a tricky one for a current player to be doing because it opens you up to get a couple of kicks from players. Um they get close enough at set pieces and stuff over the next couple of months. But um, what have you got for us? Obviously, we're, we're presuming you're putting PMA on top of the pile in your own uh, prediction table. But um, where or what do you see the, the season playing out for, uh, for the other eight teams in the in the league this year? Yeah, look, obviously, as a player for PMA, my goals are to go and win the league. We've won the league the last two seasons. And that's always going to be the goal. If I wasn't to say that, I wouldn't be allowed to go training on Tuesday. <laughs> But yeah, look, I think it's it's hard to look past ourselves, Shells and Wexford. It's it's been that way for a couple of seasons now. I think um Shelburne, particularly the signings they've made, uh, will be really pushing to try and to compete with us and, and they'll be itching to beat us again. Wexford we're playing in the first game of the season. I think that's gonna be a big game. Um but I think it's hard to look past those three teams. Um, if I'm to look at maybe a surprise package, I think I said this last season and we probably didn't have a great season in the end, had an okay season. But I think DLR, for me, are we've played against them in preseason, played against them obviously last season. And they're just a team who I feel like are making the progression. Um, I think maybe a couple of seasons off competing for the league, but I don't think they're that far off. I think one thing I think they're missing is probably a natural goal scorer, someone who'll get the goals from. But I think... Graham Kelly has some really well organised. Uh, what I really like about them is that they're a good group of girls who seem to really want to work for each other. I think that's really important in a team and, and that's something that will stand to them, I think, throughout the season. I think they'll get a few good results because of that. I think really fit group of players and, as I said, difficult to beat. But the only one concern I would have for them is maybe have they got a goal scorer? Who will be their goal scorer this year? But I think Dale Orr will be a surprise package. Maybe not this season in terms of, of competing for the league, but I think they're not too far off it. Yeah, and then look, obviously we spoke to Chloe. Chloe has aspirations to finish in the top three. Um, I think Galway are always going to be a competitive team whenever you play against them. And the players they've brought in, um, I think we spoke about a little bit about the likes of Shauna Brennan and Therese. They're really good young players, obviously mixed with the kind of a little bit of experience they have there as well. So they're going to be a difficult team and they're going to want to, to finish as high up the table as possible. I think when you look at Cork, um, Athlone, Bowes, they're kind of young teams particularly Cork a young team kind of trying to play the right style of football I think this season it might click for them a little bit better I think they've obviously lost the likes of Sergio Noonan and Maria O'Sullivan and goal but I think they might click a little bit better this season and I think for Bowes and Atlone it's just about really getting a grasp on the league I think last season their first kind of 
season, obviously, yeah, Neve spoke about it. They're trying to establish themselves more in the league this season by getting results. And I think that'll probably be their main goal this season. It's getting the results on the board and getting the goals. And look, yeah, it's I don't want, I don't ever like to put anybody last because I think, as I said before, this league is going to be probably this season's probably going to be the most competitive season there has been in the women's national league, in my opinion. And um, hopefully, it doesn't disappoint, and hopefully, it does go that way. But yeah, I think all the teams in the league are going to be looking to compete. Um, Piedmont are going to win. I don't know who's going to come last. <laughs> it's a fairly safe and diplomatic answer uh, in both fronts. You'll be let train on t- yeah. Tuesday, evening, but also uh, you won't get too much grief from the person you put last uh, at the end of the season. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week. Uh, it's been a interesting month or so of a build-up on the show here to the new National League starting uh, this weekend. I suppose this time next week we'll be talking about actual football, which will be nice for a change. We won't be just talking about maybe what might happen. We'll actually be analysing a little bit of what did happen. Uh, We hope uh, everyone in the league has now been covered. Uh, We feel like we're going to try and give everybody a fair crack at the whip. And of course, we're here to talk about what's going on in the clubs as well. So we're more than happy for clubs to get in touch with us and talk to us about maybe their own initiatives and stuff that they want to talk about and promote within the community uh, of people who follow the Women's National League. Steph, um, best of luck at the weekend. Uh, from talking about it over the last four weeks, I think it's going to be a really exciting weekend of action, and I'm really looking forward to your game in particular. It has been moved. It was due to be 6.30, but because of the international game, the men's game, it's been moved back to 4 o'clock. It does clash with a couple of the League of Ireland games, which is a bit disappointing. Uh, Dean was actually telling me he hosted the Men's uh, National Football League or the National League um, show this week on on, on the platform, and he was saying that it's the first time in his memory that you've both had games at the same time. Like, how has that happened that you've never had a clash before? Yeah, it's funny as well because he actually said to me, oh, we're playing at four o'clock on Saturday, and I was like, oh, typical, we're playing at half six. So I knew I wouldn't get home till probably like nine or ten o'clock the night's over before you can actually do anything. And then I got a text a couple of hours later to say that that we're playing at four o'clock as well. So yeah, I think it is the first time ever. Obviously, the League of Ireland uh, would have always been a Friday night or a Saturday kickoff, and the, the Women's National even I played, and it was always a Sunday when I first played. Uh, so yeah, it's it's nice to be able to to have a game at the same time and come home together and enjoy the evening together. <laughs> Hopefully, get after two wins, well. two wins. <laughs> yeah, well, he had a good win last weekend. He can't expect that every week now in the in the step up to the Premier Division, but a uh, great start for them in that as well. And hopefully, uh, he we joked with himself and Tom Murphy, who, of course, is uh, the other half of, of one of your teammates at P-Mount, Nisha, um, we joked about how they were a bit lacking on the trophy department and they're going to have to up their game. They reckon they could pool their resources and they might come close to one of you uh, for the season ahead. But listen, uh, that was all a bit in, my, in jest as well. But listen, it's been a great uh, couple of weeks and we're looking forward to the season actually kicking off next weekend. Thanks for everything and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Breath. Thanks everyone for watching. <laughs>